Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem, exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and in this episode of This Song, we'll be hearing from Paolo Duro. Paladero is the brainchild of Austin artist Michael Winningham, an artist who's like been making music in Austin, Texas since the early 2000s. Full disclosure, I actually met him when he was in a band, The Glass Family, and they were on my brother-in-law's label, I Eat Records, back in the day. After The Glass Family broke up, Michael went on to form Gold Beach, which... Another full disclosure, I rented them a 15-passenger van once, and recently... Michael moved on again, this time to Paladero. So yeah, like I've known Michael a long time, but I've never really talked in depth with him about music until very recently. He reached out to me to see if he could come talk for the podcast because Danger Mouse's 30th Century Records just released the first Paladero single. Well, just like earlier this spring, and it's a split seven inch with his song Darken the Glow on one side and a cover of the suicide song Surrender on the other side. And like both of these songs have these really far reaching sonic landscapes that use synths and drum machines and guitars in ways that like you might not expect. And you can tell Michael thinks really expansively about music by listening to these songs. And the song that he chose to talk to me about, well, it's the kind of song that got him to start thinking in those like epic, vast terms. So here he is, Michael Winningham, AKA Paladuro. Like thinking about this and thinking about like oh okay what point in my life uh do i really want to like kind of talk about music affecting me or a single song and i finally hit on an os mutanche song which was like a brazilian tropicali band with a psychedelic pop kind of slant to them as well called uh uh amina menina And there's just like this sea of influences in it that are very noticeable, but the combination you've never like really, I had never really heard. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm listening to like, like, you know, like early's like Brit pop, but like with these crazy distorted guitars and this like psychedelic feeling. 
And then there's this great Tropicali kind of acoustic guitar and rhythm section in it that's beautiful. And I just, the the sum of all the influences really struck me uh, in a way that I had never heard all of those elements come together. And they did it so fluidly. It was just a, a, a real kind of gateway song for me for so many reasons. Also, how I write music is thinking I can really step outside of some of my own influences and make more interesting combinations of sound and texture and narrative, and it's okay. It was it was it was kind of like uh, uh, being told by uh, this other kind of culture that you can just it's what it, it's what you want it to be. The canvas is yours. Go claim it. I had uh, moved to Austin um, uh, in 1999, and I was just starting to go out and you know to see music. And that evening, we were going to go see the Gourds play at Hovitas. Another kind of genre-busting band, I felt like. You know, at the time they had a hit with like Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice. And I was with my, my buddy Greg, and his older brother Jason picked us up. Um, you know, avid music listeners, great taste. We were all going to the show together. And they put it on in the car on the way over there. They had the music on so loud and for such a good reason. Um, so I, I couldn't figure out um, who the artist was immediately. But uh, the song hits like a ton of bricks from the beginning. And there's this crazy scream and this kind of stomping percussion. And then these just distorted guitars that rip through the beginning. But it's also so bubbly and poppy and... And, and, and pleasant to listen to. It's a beautiful track. So were you writing music at the time? Were you playing out or yeah. were you writing? Or? Yeah, I was playing, actually, um, I was playing in a band called The Glass Family, which was on your brother-in-law's label, yeah, IE totally. Records. <laughs> and, I didn't, so The Glass Family was around in like the, yeah. the early 2000s? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was like two or three incarnations of The Glass Family. Family members came and went. By the band, there's an empty glass. Cool and mighty, a heartbeat fast. Blinking eyes, counting clouds. Now the second seconds last this is just an afternoon another night 
did you go out and start listening to it again after that? Like, did you fall yeah. in a hole with it? or? Yeah, I did. So um, at the time, some of those Os Mutace records were a little bit um, hard to find. And I was listening to music purely on a record player back then. Uh, no digital age. Um, so I had to persuade my friend's older brother to burn a CD for me. Ah, right. And that's how I got it. And that's how I got the first self-titled record i mean then it opened up all you know all kinds of worlds with caetano veloso and gilberto jill these are guys that i wasn't really that familiar with at the time but you know kind of in south america kind of you know leading the musical kind of voice of protest Quando ele pegar o pandeiro e nos abumba, quando ele entender que o samba não é rumba e and learning their stories and about their music too uh, was, yeah, was, you know, all kinds of other doors being opened at the same time and really kind of diving into that. Did you find that it changed the way that you wrote at that time? Like, was there a like a shift in how you were writing? Yeah. Uh, what it made me it was very confused about my vocabulary. You know, trying to describe really, you know, kind of an exposure to other music, other types of music, other sounds, um, and really trying to find the right vocabulary to... Um, uh, share that with other people that I was writing music with at the same time it was a little bit challenging. You know, it's like the more complex your tastes get in music, the more you have to explain to the to to other people that you're collaborating with, which is tricky. You know, you really need to know what's in your head, what you're hearing. You bring in a song, and you know, you're thinking that a guitar sounds a certain way, or a piano sounds a certain way, or the vocals are delivered a certain way. You need to be able to grab inside of that bag of influences and, and be able to communicate that. Did it cause some issues in the band? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say we broke up a couple of years after that. <laughs> well, uh, I, mean, I, I was going to say. And, no, and then... not, not any real issues. But I think that, uh, I think that uh, you know, I think that uh, writing songs with a group of people uh, has its challenges. And I think it does run its course after a little while. When you're writing, I mean, is it that... Are the sounds that fully formed in your head? Like, can you really, when you write a song, do you really have like a solid idea of what what the guitar is going to sound like? And this is what we're going to do on the, you know, like. I think, I think that uh, not all the sounds are, but I think that you, I think that it's my responsibility, whether or not it's with a band or just with an engineer or producer to come in with uh, two or three pieces that are pretty pretty strong not just an acoustic guitar i think that you 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 need to have something for every a foundation for everybody to build off of and those other sounds that come after that um can be a lot of different things that that are surprising to you that um kind of bring in that element of spontaneity or they are a space where if you're playing with a guitar player or a synth player that they can kind of surprise you happily with something. But as a songwriter, 
I think you need to come in with something where that everybody can understand or latch onto and then put on top of or expand upon. After the Glass family broke up, um, then you went on to do Gold Beach, which was more of a song, like more of a solo project, but you had a collaborator. Right? One, collaborator. One collaborator. Yeah, just yeah. a good friend. And we that's kind of where I decided that him and I, uh, Tony Doherty and I decided that we would just not we would we would make recordings and we would learn more about the recording process itself of just, you know, different uh, techniques of uh, engineering and expand our vocabulary. So we're not stuck feeling like we don't know how to make the changes that we want to make as we're recording. But then, it was kind of like everything was open. It was like, well, I don't know what kind of record it's going to be. Yeah. We're going to try out a lot of different stuff on this. And we'll see if it works or not. That's a nice way to do it. Yeah. It's like a good freedom thing. Which sounds yeah. like what you kind of heard in that os... And I I would say mutantes because I know Spanish, yeah. but I don't know yeah. I don't know Portuguese. So, like, is it os mut... mut, mut Mutantes. Mut Dunches. Okay. It is, yeah. okay. I was like Muchantes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Mutanches. Okay, so um I mean it sounds like what you heard in that was this like an openness and a freedom. And like you said, it can be whatever you yeah. want. And then yeah. in Gold Beach was that an experiment and just It was getting there. Making whatever you want. Yeah, it's starting to get there. And I felt like they had that they had that freedom and um and they were expressing it really well. And, um, you know, I didn't want to ever be limited to, like, indie rock or pop rock or whatever you wanted to call it. I just, you know, I wanted to be able to introduce um, other flavors and, like, other, other influences that weren't at, from that genre. And... I swear we've been here once before Stuck in the woods looking for time project uh, with Paladura, which is the newest project, uh, Sam Cohen was such a good collaborator because he comes from all of those worlds and loves all those worlds of doo-wop and psychedelia and, uh, you know, uh, e e different types of uh, world music. And I, I was, it was a good collaboration in that sense because everything was game. There was nothing off the table. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice that when, as soon as you were talking about the Os Muchante song, I was like, Mutantious. I mean, there you go. You know, the first thing I thought was like, well, it sounds like the single to me, which, <laughs> right. is, which has kind of a traditional mi like mid-century American, yeah, like pop structure and mm -hmm. melody, mm -hmm. but the, the textures surrounding it and the arrangement is not, yeah, is not at all. I mean, yeah. it has a lot of different kind of things coming in. We were jamming a lot of William Anyabor during that, and I again, he was somebody that was. Uh, kind of uh, new to me at the time, which was about a year and a half ago. Um, and yeah, just, you know, uh, uh, amazing West African musician who uh, was a successful businessman who ended up buying all these crazy synthesizers in a studio and started making music for two years. Why go to war? Why not? 
Walker talked about Uyamani Bora. I got, I, I'm like, I remember, I remember going to Luca Bob. You know why he like, did? What? Because Benjamin Booker made his newest record with Sam as well. Really? Yeah. So, so we we share the same producer. So. So I am positive that at some point Sam dropped some William Anyabor on Benjamin. He's spreading the gospel. He's spreading uh, the gospel. So this all comes from Sam Cohen. Yeah. Yeah, bringing in the Anyabor influence. That just kind of blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Circuitous. So between Osmutanche's William Anyabor, like, you just kind of went into to Paladuro with like, we're going to do whatever it is we need to do yeah but since there was no record deal at the time in place and since gold beach had kind of changed its dynamic uh and this was now turning into a new project we again we were just leaving the doors wide open to whatever would happen and and i i had started playing the song with this just really heavy downbeat single piano note uh for dark in the glow and then sam just started doing this West African William Anyabor inspired guitar track over it. And I was like, that's working great, you know? And um, by the time they got to the chorus, it felt like, felt like a Quincy Jones kind of Michael Jackson chorus. And then we threw some backup singers on it. And then it was just felt just right, you know, but not inside of the box that necessarily any of us had thought about going into it. So um, yeah, the doors were open and it was fun. I think when you, when you trust your collaborators, you like what you inherently like what they do and what they add. When you detach yourself from a song and say, I'm, I'm not going to treat it so preciously. I'm going to just like, I'm going to let it do what it does. And uh, I think all those things are really helpful and conducive. There are no rules. You can make whatever you want. And hey, if you want to see Paladuro, they're playing in Austin this Friday, May 26th at Sidewinder, along with Andy Grant and I'm going to do my best right here. Zumonchi. And dude, like my mind is still kind of blown that he and Benjamin Booker have the same producer and both like cited William Anyabor and like, thanks. Sam Cohen for preaching the gospel of William Anyaboy. Like, I feel my life is personally enhanced because I know that his music exists. If you want to hear that interview with Benjamin Booker, then you can go to the podcast app or iTunes or the KUTX website or wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it in our archive. And like, we have a lot of episodes in our archive. We have over 80 episodes where people like, Jim James and Tegan and Sarah and Mark Mothersbaugh all talk about songs that changed their lives. And while you're there looking through the archive, like we would really love it if you left a rating or a review because ratings and reviews, they help us a lot. Like they help people find us, but more importantly for us, they make us feel really, really good here at Team This Song. 
I'll post a link to the Bandcamp page for Paladuro on the show notes page for this episode on the KUTX website. Like KUTX is the radio station where we make this podcast. You can find it at KUTX.org. You can get Dark in the Glow and Surrender for your very own. And Michael did a My KUTX guest DJ spot earlier this year. It's like an hour of him playing his favorite music. And I'll make sure that that's on the show notes page as well. And as always, you'll be able to find a Spotify playlist there so you can hear all of the songs referenced in this episode all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. This interview was recorded by me. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account, does a great job. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it is true. Our theme song is Mahout. Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KTX. You can like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KTX podcasts, Austin Music Minutes, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. And like I said, we would love a rating or review for our podcast or any of the podcasts. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.